Hey, yo, King. Yo. Do you know that the Combat Jack Show logo tee is out? It's Abs- on the internet? Absolutely. It's available at teespring.com Combat Jack Show. Forward slash. That's correct. Multiple colors. Royal blue, red, black, black purple. $25. Mm. Get your tee today. The Combat Jack Show logo tee at teespring.com forward slash Combat Jack Show. Flourishments. Get ready for combat. Internet, you are tuned into the Combat Jack Show, the mighty, mighty Combat Jack Show. What's up, Premium Pete? What's going on, Combat? Man, first and foremost, man, before we blast this episode into the stratosphere, Cheer. I want to give a shout out to our fine friends over at Bevel Shaving System, the Bevel Shaving System. Our boy Tristan Walker, Walker and Company, yo, they are sponsoring this episode. Yo, the Bevel Shaving System is amazing. Yes, it is. You got a system. I fuck with it. I got a system. Mm-hmm. You know, listen, Internet's. Like I keep telling y'all, I don't fucks with the bullshit. Do me a favor. I don't want to keep this long. Go over to GetBevel, G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L dot com. Punch in your promo code COMBAT. That's me, COMBAT, C-O-M-B-A-T, for 20% off. Fucks with the Bevel shaving system. Now, let's rock this show. Cheer. Listen, we got Ryan Leslie in the building today. RLS in the building as a guest on the Combat Jack Show. What's up, Ryan? Yo, what up, man? Yo, you talk about the Bevel shaving says, Yo, Tristan is the homie, man. You fucks with Bevel? Yo, man. I, you know, I, I keep a five o'clock. Hold on, hold on, wait, wait. Pause, pause for a second. Internet. Bevel is not paying us for what we're talking about right now. They paid us for like five <laughs> seconds ago, but right now they, we're off the clock. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Tristan, I love what he's doing, man. And he's actually, you know, he's been a champion of what I'm doing. Okay. And I'm a champion of what he's doing because it's, it's it's bigger than Bevel. Right. You know what I mean? It's Walker and Company. It's you know, it's it's making making beauty and shaving and skin and hair care simple for people of color. I mean, that that's that's the homie. Right. Now that's kind of crazy, man, because. Didn't he is wasn't he trying to do something in the tech world and ended up with this whole? Yeah, I mean he you know early employee at, at Foursquare, okay, entrepreneur in residence at Andreessen Horowitz, and he's actually the reason why Ben Horowitz is an investor in 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 my in my new technology startup. Okay, now tell us about the startup, man. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a super simple startup. It's uh, I feel like artists they don't really have their data. And what that means is, what if you could have, let's say you're a rapper, and what if you could have an address book of every single person that cared enough about your music that they would give you money for it? A full comprehensive database. Yeah, but I I, I don't like to say database because okay. I've seen this a lot of times go over people's head. It's like the contacts in your iPhone, if you had that, automatically get updated anytime somebody bought your album. That's really what we built. Now, what's the name of your company? It's called Disruptive Multimedia, which is a mouthful, but the DMM dashboard is the app for artists that we built. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's it's an address book. That's really all it is. It's a simple app, just like your Apple contacts. Address book of people that fuck with you. People app- that are willing to put money yes. in your direction. Yes. Now, Ryan, man, it's amazing, man, because you've had an interesting career musically in this music industry, but really... Really, you started out, like, how you got into this industry was via tech. Am I correct? Yeah. You know, like, from what I understand, from what I understand during the MySpace days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew how to, I don't want to say juke, because I don't want to 
have a negative, I don't want to put a negative implication out there, but you mastered how to bring traffic your way. Yeah. And I mean, I can't take all the credit. So shout out, shout out Rashid Richmond. Okay. Um, I went to school with his sister, Afra, went to Harvard. And uh, he was sitting in the audience when I get, I, I actually, you know, I'm always trying to figure out the best way that I can have a platform to say what I want to say, inspire people. So I wrote a speech when I graduated from Harvard that says, follow your dream, follow your heart. Because a lot of my colleagues wanted to go to Wall Street. And they actually ended up going to Wall Street. Right. But I was the crazy one that said, I'm going to leave Harvard and I'm going to be the most famous rapper to ever graduate from Harvard. Right. So that so, was that was your goal to be a rapper, not a singer. Yeah, from okay. the beginning. Okay. Was, if you search YouTube right now, I saw I saw the video from you in 1994. Yeah. on the local news. Yeah, and it says the way I get my message across is through my rap. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I said I said that at you know 14, 15 years old. I mean, this is it's really real. Right. So, so Rashid Richmond was in the audience when I delivered that speech. And the crazy story was that I'd never even met him until several years later when I was in New York, um, was here for my internship. And we linked up and he said, yo, I was that kid. I was a frost sister. I was sitting in the audience when you delivered that speech. And if I hadn't listened to that speech, I might have been going a different direction. He had already gotten a girl pregnant. You know what I'm saying? At 18. Right. Um, and, you know, he's from the Bay Area, Oakland. You know how it is up there. And, um, yeah, he was running the streets and turned his life around. Um, all of his sisters, you know, I think I, I might be like three or four of his sisters went to Harvard. Wow. He was the black sheep. He went to UC Irvine, came out and was just like, yo, Ryan, I cracked the code. I said, what you mean you cracked the code? He said, yo, search music video. And I searched it. And my other homie uh, named Lex, who was a rapper from Harvard at the time, he was the number one search result. He said, yo, check MySpace. And yo, he was the number one unsigned artist on MySpace. And Rasheed's like, yo, I, I control this dog. And he was like, he actually made a deal with me. He said, look, you know, Lex is my homie. I know you produce. I know you've been doing all them hits up there. Up there. And, um, you know, we, we, we don't have Ryan Leslie production money. Right. But if there's something we could do for you uh, with this, you know, internet traffic thing that we could do as an exchange, then let me know what's up. And I had signed Cassie at the time, and she had a MySpace profile. And I she, said, was signed, you know, she was signed to, to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh I said, look, why don't we, why don't we try it on me? Because I also had an artist thing, and we right. should try it on Cassie. And, um, man, the, the, that, that traffic came Cassie's way and just exploded. It was, it was so successful from what I understand that you had an – wasn't there an issue with MySpace? Like, yo, is this shit like on the up and up? Man, you know what? That's funny that you bring that up because I actually had to address it on YouTube. I remember that. People were like, yo, he's inflating his numbers or whatever. But it was all real – it was all real. It's, it was just the ability to control the keyword at the time. Now, does this code, is this still effective or is no. it? It's, so, so explain no. to the layperson, like somebody like me who doesn't understand tech. Yeah. What the fuck? What, what, what no. did y'all do? Yeah, man? It's, it's, uh, Google had an algorithm mm -hmm. at the time. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's just basically the, the, the site that has the most links with that keyword, that would be the top search result. Okay. So... Uh, basically, if someone if someone wrote on a blog, hey, I love this music video, and that music video actually linked to Cassie's MySpace profile, right. then the more sites that had music video linking to that MySpace that profile, was that was the code. And so we just had a crazy, or Rashid, I can't even, I can't even call, Rashid had a crazy network of folks that he could literally press the button and they would change all their links and that's how that's that's how the search results came up. But Google changed their algorithm like ninety days later. Yeah, you know what's so amazing, man? I think 
Just, just what you just shared with us, man. The moral of the story and what I've been saying, man, is you can't underestimate anybody. No. I'm saying here you go. He was talking about a kid who was basically at a certain point looked up, looked at as like a failure, and he yeah. comes up with the fucking code. Yeah, he cracked that code. That's man. crazy. Man. And he went on to build, you know, a multi-million dollar internet company, internet advertising company. You know what I'm saying? And he's living right now. He does whatever he wants to do. If he decides he wants to be a photographer for six weeks, he goes and does that. If he Shout decides he wants to invest into a podcast, he might yeah, want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Shout out now, to now, him. Now, Ryan, man, your story is so crazy, man. You scored a perfect 1,600 score on the SATs. Man. Who, who had the code for that? Who had the code for that? Is that a code or what, man? <laughs> I think the best way to perform extremely well on standardized tests is take a lot of practice tests. But that everybody takes nah, a not, lot of not practice. at that level. What was the level that you are you a fucking genius, dude? A, le, a level is <laughs> are you a genius? I scored a twelve ten on my SATs when I was in the eighth grade. Okay. So, so I already had, you know, college ready scores at, you know, whatever how old how old so, is somebody. So growing up, kid shit was stupid to you. Man, it wasn't even like that because my parents grew. My my parents in the Salvation Army moved so much right. that the challenge to me was always whether or not I could make friends. Right? Because we moved. Uh, like I, I went to high school for three years, and I went to four different high schools in those three years. Right. So it's about making friends. You show up at a new school, can you make friends? And so that's really what the challenge was to me. And so I I, I still feel like right now that's still what I'm doing at this stage of my career is making friends. Can I can I turn friends into supporters? Right. Because a friend to me is somebody that you don't that you don't feel uncomfortable when you need to hold something. Of course. But getting back to the question, man. Yeah. Like on your quest for friends, man, are you a fucking genius? <laughs> hey, have you ever taken that that IQ test? <laughs> uh, I think I may have. I, I don't really I, I don't really mess with scores like okay. that Mensa and IQs and all that. I you know. But you don't think it's you know you did it and it's nothing to you. But you don't think it's a little. Just a little special that you got a perfect score in the SATs. <laughs> well, they That's throw, crazy. They, they throw out all the questions that everybody gets wrong. Right. So I'm sure I got questions wrong. It just happened to be the same question. It's comparative with the, with, the, with, the, yeah. with the kids that you. Yeah. So you were in the, in the fucking 90. Wait, you were in the 1 percent percentile yeah. Yeah. of the kids that you took the scores, the, the test with. I mean, I went to Harvard, man. Right, right. You know what I mean? How was your Harvard, Harvard experience? It man? was crazy. I was really young. Yeah. You know, super young. You went to college at 14. No, I got accepted and then uh, 15 and turned 16. Fi- got in at 15, turned 16 my my my, um, my freshman year. You know, back in the days, people thought that it was great for kids to get skipped, right? But now looking at, you know, back, the mindset is that it's a lot of shit going on when a younger kid is in an environment where his peers are older than him. Because there's that whole maturity gap and the whole nine. Did you feel any pressure in terms of the maturity of your peers and where you were coming from? Nah. Nah? No. I mean, that's... The shit they were doing. It's the best. uh, That was the best thing. But you got to understand. The drinking. You got to understand. For me... Do you drink? No. Okay. Ever drink? No. Okay. You have to understand, I'm not regular. I'm not regular. I mean... I know you're not regular. People that work with me, they say, yo, dude, you're not regular. You don't sleep. Right. You only eat one meal a day you eat the same meal what, what meal is that a day man it's uh right now it's grilled chicken over steamed vegetables okay and that's the only meal you eat that's it yeah how basically. how big a serving man <laughs> you know uh two chicken breasts okay you, you got, know you got broccoli in there 
Zucchini, yeah, but most, most, yeah, most, mostly just carrots, cabbage, you know. That's, but anyway, yeah. So anyway, I, I, I cannot. There's, it's very challenging to deter me from what I feel, the way that I feel. I'm my the best version of myself. So I would watch people getting pissy drunk and say, "That's not the best version of them that they could be." I always want to be. 100% on point, be the best version of Ryan Leslie I could be at all times. Yo, what is this technique? I read somewhere that you taught yourself this technique where you can only sleep for half an hour. <laughs> what, what is that technique called? It's called Dimaxian or polyphasic sleep. Okay, say that slowly, man. For, for Dimaxian. 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 Look it up. Now, now, what the fuck is that? You do this shit? <laughs> you do the Dimaxian Listen, Pythagorean theorem? No, man. First of all, uh, I, I think it might just be genetic anyway. Because okay. my mother, she would always be up late. You know, some people, they just don't sleep. They right. just stay up late. They feel like they have something to do. It keeps them up at night, but whatever. That, but that's a habit for some people of staying up. Like, you kind of yeah. went into this whole technique thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a technique. Scientifically, it allows people to have... To live longer, or well, I mean, to live more in a shorter amount of time. Can you just can you can you just walk us through what that is, man? I'm, it, I'm, and I'm not trying to clown you, man. I'm just fascinated, man, because yeah. you're like a fucking like for real. And we're gonna get to this, but you're like you you're kind of like a James Bond super villain, be like for, for, for real, be so you so so this half hour thing, man. What is that? Yeah, so it's not just a half hour. It's, okay. it's it's a few times a half hour during the day whenever you're tired, right? And it's two to three hours okay. in a 24 hours. So every so 24 up, hours, right. two to nap. three hours, that's actually your sleep cycle. And then you take a nap a few times during the day whenever you're tired. Now, is this because, like, when I get home, like, I don't go to sleep until my body crashes. Is it because your mind is up and your mind is racing and you, there's so much to do that you feel that sleep is a waste of time? I don't feel that sleep is a waste of time, but I definitely do feel that there's always something more that I could do. Tomorrow's not promised. So right. there's something more that it's some message, some recording, some, you know, something I want to write, some message I want to send, whatever before in case I should I die before I wake. Right. I want to make sure I said everything I possibly could or did everything I possibly could. I, that's what I'm interested in doing. Have you ever had an eight hour night sleep? Man, yeah. Okay. I mean, I got, you know, if if ever I'm like injured or, you know, I, I and my doctor says you got to go to sleep or there are times if I catch a cold or something, I do realize that having additional sleep, I'm, you know, normally I'll run through like some days 25, 26 bottles of water and, you know, I have to take NyQuil or whatever so I can sleep. You or know? possibly if there's good punani, you could stay in bed for Does the pool that. knock you out, man? <laughs> I think it knocks everybody out, right? Come on, dude. Now I'm not that much of a robot, right? You know. So, so, so you, you get you get to Harvard, man. You're younger than your peers, man. Yeah. Do you notice any differences between you and them, at least in in terms of age? It, it's always the same thing. It doesn't matter what environment or arena I'm in. Right. The first thing I want to do is figure out who's who's supporting me, who's right. who's my core group, and I'm the type of person that will extend myself to anyone um, in terms of you know being of service. So I would, you know, you you want homework help. You want a study partner. You want um, you 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 want music lessons. You want a haircut. You want somebody that can, you know. I, I, I'm that type of person that I'm just like, yo, whatever I could do, whatever I can extend to you that can make our that can give me some relationship equity. Right. Let's go. And, and so and, yeah. And are you keen also to, to to people that don't fuck with you? Like, can you pick that up in, in an environment like this person fucks with me, this person doesn't? 
That's a, I think everybody has that. I mean, people have to trust it more. But you're you're you you know I'm talking to you because you seem like you 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 might be a little bit more aware than the average person. Man, you could say that, but I mean, a lot of people will say, okay, well, if that's the case, you know, how did somebody, you know, I mean, did, I I, right, I actually course. get it all the time. Right. People talk to me about Puff. They say, yo, right? How did you know? If you have a sixth sense, if you know, then how did that whole situation happen? Right. You know, how did somebody come in and, you know, I thought that was your girl. I thought that was your, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. I hear that all the time. So I'm human, man. I'm of course, human. Of course, human. of course, of yeah. course. Um, but you've always had this dream of being in the music industry. You've always had this dream of being yeah. a rapper. Who are some of your inspirations rap-wise? Jimi Hendrix. Rap-wise? Rap Jimi Hendrix. Jim, Jimmy Bob ha- Dylan. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, Spoken to me, word. It's the, art, it's, the, it's the lyric. Right. It's the lyricism. And does it actually matter what they're saying? Right. Now, I could say, I could, I could sit here and talk about, hey, I like what Kendrick's saying about Compton. Right. I like what Snoop said about Compton. And I like to listen to that so that, I, you know, because actually I went to a private school. So when Snoop was coming out, the private school lunchroom, everybody wanted to listen to gangster rap. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, and he just happened to have the smoothest gangster rap out, and he was skinny, and I could relate to him. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. So, or you know, um, you know, I could talk about Pac, or we could talk about Nas, or we could talk about Talib that I've you know traded verses with, or Pusha T, and you know those coke raps. You know, I, I could talk about all that, but I'm just talking about for me. Uh, the art form of music, you know, people compartmentalize it and categorize it and say, oh, Ryan's rapping or he's singing or he should get back to this or whatever. And I'm really just about I want to be unbridled and uncompromised in the message. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I'm just looking at musicians, period. But is there one thing that you enjoy more? Like, do you enjoy singing more than rapping or, you Man, know? Man, I, I enjoy being excellent, right? And when I listen to my favorite singers... Like Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. I'm listening. There's literally, I'm looking for somebody that can hold a candle. I'm, I'll sign them right now. Who can hold a candle vocally to Stevie? That's what I'm saying. So for me, it was really just about, you know, also my live show and everything too. If I can't deliver Stevie Wonder vocal performances at my live show, I, in my opinion, at my standards, I have no business singing on stage. I know that may sound crazy for people to say, oh, Ryan, we really love your songs. We, we don't even think you're much of a rapper. I'm talking about delivery, execution, excitement, energy on stage. I, can't, I know that you know, it would take me more time than I feel like I have to get to the level of vocal proficiency that I can deliver vocally the way that I feel like I should be able to deliver vocally if people are paying me to see me perform. Ryan. Um, what was your impression of the music industry before you got into it? Man, it it, it just uh, it was it was elusive. Mm. I think that's that's a good word. Right. It was elusive, meaning it was a fantasy world. It was everything that people think about the music industry. It was yo, look at Puff Daddy. That was you know we were at Harvard at that time. We knew that he was a, he had a, he was an intern at college and turned that into an in, you know from an internship to being a young you know music executive. It, you know to me it was everything that the the American dream represented. You it, was, know? it was it was happily ever after. Not happily ever after because you know I heard the stories and right. you know and even if you think about like. But because the stories weren't real to you, 
it's probably seemed like, oh, this is this is like that. Oh no, the stories were real. Okay, the stories are real. People, you know, because you know, I came up in the time when people actually watched like VH1 behind the music, right. and you know, and you know, MTV Diaries that, that those were the programs, right, right? Right. So you saw the drugs, and you saw the people backstabbing, you saw the that. yeah right. managers and people falling out and all and that self destruction and all man, of that. Right. Yeah, that was clear to me. But the difference was for me is I knew that I'm built differently than all of that. I okay. knew I was built differently than all that. Right. I knew if it was a drinking thing, I wouldn't have to worry about it. Cause I knew drink. if it was a, a drug thing, I wouldn't have to worry about it. I knew if it was, uh, yo, you got jerked on your contract type of thing, I went, I'm reading my contracts. I'm not worrying about none right. of that stuff. What was it that made you not want to drink or smoke, man? Man, first of all, I came from a very religious household. Okay. The way what, the Salvation what? Army is... And I think in many religions, your body's a temple. Yes. Don't ingest things are, that are going to break your body down or impair your judgment or whatever. And also, I just have a very, I mean, as I'm even now, I still am very conscious of what my mother and father and the repercussions that my music may have. And, you know, my, my new single, the first time I used the F word in the single. And I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I, I haven't even, I haven't even sent that to my parents. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the level at which I feel like I'm still representing my family. Right. I represent where I came from. And even though I'm a grown man, people will get at my mom and say, "Yo, what's your son doing? Didn't you raise him differently?" Are you, are you, know? you a little nervous about that? Or nah, I'm not. I mean, they're, right. I, they're grown. I'm but, grown. But you just yeah. got to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I just know, like, you know, I, uh, time is something that's very limited so why would i why would i you know um annoy or give my mother a, a, a heartache right, or right, right, right. or a reason to be vexed or whatever right right your parents were really careful about you coming into this industry they didn't want you to come in this industry correct yeah but it wasn't because they felt like they would lose me right. in the industry or they would lose me to drugs or something they felt like look man we have Somebody that could, I mean, the Nobel Prizes are getting announced right now. That's what they felt. They felt like, yo, we got, we got a Nobel Prize winner on our hands. Yeah. What is he doing? Right. We, got a, we have a neurosurgeon. We have a, a potentially a guy that's going to cure cancer on our hands. What is he doing? Right. That's really the reason why. And how did you get their blessings? Man. They saw how passionate you were. They saw you rapping. They saw you making this music. They saw you helping kids. You were helping kids. Yeah. They saw you on TV, like yeah. that was big. Like that, yeah, that, was, that was big big. when you were when you yeah, were fourteen yeah. on TV, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. When did they believe you that like you know this was something really like you know popping and happening for you? You know when they believed it, it's actually crazy. A lot of people believe you when you're super successful. My parents, they felt the sense of urgency when they saw me at my lowest, mm. and I was still pursuing it. And what I mean, my lowest is. I had too much pride to even ask them for money. So I would go to Store 24 and steal food. It's like it's a Harvard graduate stealing food, stealing crackers. Because I didn't want to ask my parents for money because I didn't have any money right. so that I could eat. And then basically living in a garage space behind a barbershop, sharing a bathroom with people who are getting their hair cut every day, taking a bird bath in a sink. And that's when my parents said, yo. This guy is crazy enough and loves this enough that at the very bottom, he's still holding on to this dream like this is what I want to do no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation. And is that when they were like, yo, move back home? 
And well, I called them. I said, "Look, something ain't right." <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm, I'm washing my balls yeah, in the yeah, sink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, pause. <laughs> I had to pause him. I had to pause him. In a hairy sink, Bob's. Uh, <laughs> and he said, yeah, but you know what was so crazy is they knew it was happening because right. I didn't have a permanent address. I was basically homeless. Okay. I didn't have a permanent address, so anytime I had to sign up for a bank account or whatever, the address that I gave, my phone bill or whatever, the address I gave was my parents' house. Right. So when the 30-day and 60 day and notices, 90 day notices right, were coming right, right. they knew it was they knew i was they knew right. i was messed up so they basically said listen we're, we're here for you yeah they said look get your get your head together right they said yo you but your head was together though right they they were like you you just following the wrong path why would you follow a pathway a career pathway in which your day-to-day existence is taking street money right being beholden to people who, you know, were probably undervaluing your musical contributions, How, right? What do you mean by street money? Like, like you, you were selling tracks to, to, to street cats? Yeah, man. People that had something to say. Right, I mean, right. What people want? What are people rapping about? Right, right. They rapping about trapping and you know whatever Bitches they doing. And the whole night. Okay. So that you know that's what they was doing. They moving, you know, moving whatever they moving. So they have money, and you know what's every what's every guy wants to be a trap god. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even in Boston. Right. Right. So at, at what point do your parents, or at what point do you get your parents to invest in your studio? Man, my father, when I came home and I was, you know, he said, look, you know, you can have the couch. He said, listen, you know, I, um, first of all, I'm not going to sit here and lecture you about the decisions you're making in life because you're grown. However, I do want to ask you, if you could have done it differently or if you could do something differently now, I know you still want to do this music. What would you do differently? And I said, well, I never really had my own studio. I always, someone either bought me an MP and it wasn't really mine. I was borrowing it or keyboards or computers or whatever. I never really had my own stuff. So, you know, I felt like I owed people something. I I don't want to owe people something. And he said, well, how much would all that cost? And I said, well, how much you got? (laughs) You know, (laughs) how much you got? You know, sky's the limit. How much did he have? And he didn't have anything. Right. It's the Salvation Army. The Salvation Army, you sacrifice everything in the service of others. Right. That's the motto and the okay. mantra of the organization. He didn't have anything. And um, almost serendipitously, he received a credit card offer in the mail. And he said, look, I don't really like, you know, they taught me the ills of, hey, don't have credit, pay everything with cash, all that stuff. My credit was completely jacked mm. coming home. And um, so he, you, in he their eyes, up, you were like, damn. He's a good kid, but he's fucking it all up right now. They're like, yo, we, we didn't <laughs> invest all this time. Right. You know, a decade and a half training you, preparing you for mm. the best educational institution in history right. to go there and then come back. Your credit's messed up. You know, you know, and so basically um, he, he, he called that. He called, I think it was a discover card or whatever he called up. And he got a $15,000 limit, and he said, yo, I'll max this out. Let's go to Guitar Center. Yeah, how on. nervous was he doing that if that wasn't how he man, lived his life, man? His deal to me was, look, son, I'm, I'm going to max this credit card out, and I'm going to figure out a way to do the minimum payment. Nice. You got to make me a deal. In five years, you give me double this money back, and I'm going to tell you how you're going to do it. Right. I said, okay, cool. What's the deal? He said, look. You are going to, this fall, while you're here, 
you're going to study for the LSAT. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to law school right. for three years. Right. And two years after you graduate from law school, you should be making enough money that you can give me $30,000. $30,000, right. Double, double my money back. Right. So what happened? I paid him back in eight months. But, but, but what happened with the LSATs? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't you, 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 fuck, you said fuck I that, did, right? I didn't do it. I said, look, this is my shot. This is my shot. I got my own situation. I got my, and, um, and 50 Cent in the club had just dropped. Right. And to me, I was just like, yo, if a beat this simple uh. can take over the world, I just need to learn how to make beats that are this simple. That that full, you know, this type of what was the clap sound. What I mean, ooh, 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 ooh. and the fact I could beatbox it, I said, yo, any beat I could beatbox, uh, that the beat is catching enough that you could beatbox, it's, it's, it's memorable enough, those are the type of beats I want to make. And so I, I literally just locked myself in a room, and I, I made basically, I think I made only about like eight records, and I said, yo, these are the eight records that's going to change my life. So you made eight records, right? What happened in that eight-month period of time? Yeah. So <laughs> I, was only, I was only home for like two months, two or three months. And, um, and uh, Ed Woods actually had called the me. The infamous Ed Woods. Yeah. He was, he was representing me uh, legally. How'd you meet Ed Woods? Man, I, I met Ed Woods through a contest. Uh, so I met Ed through a contest. Hold on, hold on. What yeah. contest, man? Yeah, so my boy had won a contest in Team People magazine that allowed him to perform at the Apollo. Okay. And before all of this happened, I actually, you know, I had, a, uh, I guess, a false start. Right. Because my boy got signed. His name's Latif Corey Williams. Okay. He got signed to Hawk Islam and Kedar Massenburg. Right. And we thought we made it. Right. We went to Chicago Recording Company. We had the but the budgets. We were you know recording studio. Every so you were day. living that artist life for a minute through through through, through Latif. For yeah, for right. a little for a little hot little. And then it just you know his record never came out, and you know they they were dragging their feet. We spent our advances, and that's when I ended right back up in Boston. You know, and you know whatever. I mean that's a that's a, so anyway. I met Ed that way. He okay. he, he, he had um. You know, and uh, you you played him some of your music. Yeah, I played him some music because that's how Corey got signed. I, right. I actually had produced Corey's demo. Okay, you know so I mean? so so he calls you and he says to you, "What? I got an internship for you." Okay, with, with, I, whom, with whom? Young Lord. Young Lord. Yeah. Okay. And so he said, "Look, this is a young cat. He worked for Puff. He did a lot of great records over there." Young Lord is a great dude, man. He really is. He's he's a great dude. He's a humble dude, and as as much success as he's had in the industry, man, he. It, it doesn't seem like this, the industry has changed him at all, man. I would say this, um, man. He 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 provided he provided the 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 platform for my music to get heard by the right, you know, by the right ears. Right now, what are you doing for for Young Lord? What what exactly are you doing for Young Lord? Yeah, so 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 the deal was, yo, man. I have a producer. He samples a lot. He doesn't want to have to keep paying for clearances. He's looking for somebody that can play original chords and, you know, build out his beats with original music. Right. So that was the deal I right. had. That was so, my so, so did the did, did, did young lord set you up, or you were still staying in Boston? No, no, no. I, I was coming. I came. I, I was in Phoenix at this time. Okay. And I came out. Phoenix I, is I, a long way, man. Yeah, man. My parents are still there. Right. My right. parents, my Hot sister. Too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's 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 what that's what the situation was. And um, I came back to New York City. We were up in the Bronx. Uh, 
he had like a, a kind of a three family or whatever up there. And, you know, I had my little room in there. And you got a bathtub. You got a bathtub, man. <laughs> Actually, you know, I burned my arm up there. Uh, not, not, not by any, by an accident. Um, and that was crazy too. Cause I come in and, uh, you know, there was a, an uninsulated heating pipe. Okay. Uh, and I had slipped while I was in the shower and I, and I had grabbed the uh, heating pipe with my arm. Right. And it burned the skin on my on my bicep Seared and forearm. Right. Like the skin literally just completely Melted. burnt off. Right, right. Um, that's just a kind of a side story. But yeah, that's I, I did have I have out of bathroom. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you so so you you you're doing these songs with him right now. And I, I would imagine this is when he's like in the midst of like the whole Hitman, you know, volume two, basically like the you know, second coming to Hitman with with, with Puffy, right? Jada, uh, yep. yeah, a few, yeah, a few, few cats, man. Okay, um, but but Puff was working on the Bad Boys Two soundtrack, right. and the first night that I got to New York City, I had a placement on the Bad Boys Two soundtrack. First like, night, it couldn't have been more, it couldn't have been better scripted for an interview. Right now, I came up, I went to the Bronx. He said, "Yo, get settled in, then meet me at the studio." You know, which he had kind of a studio area in the crib i went there he had a beat i started playing stuff he bounced it out and left and i was like yo did i do something wrong right right you know what i mean because puff never lets you know oh no 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 this was young lord oh young lord i I was this was i hadn't met puffy okay i was in young lord's world i made a beat and he bounced out the beat and 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 rolled out right and i was like yo so you're sitting there yeah, I'm like, okay, did I just, you know, am I am I about to pack my bags and get out of here? He comes back like four hours later. It was just like, yo, that beat that we were just making, I had a good feeling about it. Puff selected that beat for Beyonce for the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we off to a good start. Uh, we off to a good start. start. So then shit starts moving fast. Man, at that point, Shit yeah, starts moving fast. Super fast. Super I mean, that's, fast. we're talking about Beyonce. Yeah, so that's talking was, about the Bad Boys Two soundtrack, which was which was which was yeah, was Mary a lot of J. Um, yeah. You know, first of all, I mean, first of all, just as a franchise, that film, Martin and Will, yes. is just crazy. Mary J. Justin Timberlake, um, you know, Jay Z, like, man, on that soundtrack, yeah, you know, uh, and so um, Puff heard the record. He just said to, to Young Lord, "Yo, you normally sample a lot. Who, you know." Your music sounds different. Young Lord said, yeah, I'm working with a new kid. And you know what? Big ups to him because he didn't really have to say that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And Puff was like, yo, I want to meet. You know what I mean? And Gwen Niles was working there. um, And she said, yo, I had already told Puff about you, um, but he listened to this music that you're making now. He said, yo, he's ready. And so I was ready. I was 100% ready, and I went to Puff. How was that first meeting, man? Man, I went to Puff. Um, he was still filming, um, making the band. Farnsworth Bentley uh, was, you know, was in the, um, in the studio. The cameras were on. I had, a, uh, I had one of the songs, and the song was uh, Hot Tonight. Right. And really, that was supposed to be my single. You know what I mean? That was supposed to be my single, that fly talking. You know what I mean? And um, he... he uh, he really liked it, and then he said, "Yo, you want to take a ride?" And I'll never forget. Like this was my really kind of like first encounter with Puff. He we drove up and down uh, in his SUV. He was riding the passenger side, and um, you know he looked back at me. I was in the back of the SUV. He said, "Yo, you ready to work? You ready?" I said, "Yeah, I'm ready." And Gwen was with me in the car, and then um, uh, we went, I guess, to like one uh, one of his apartments or something like that. They got out. Um, 
uh, and I'm waiting in, in, in this SUV, like, yo, what's, what does that mean? What, what's about to happen right now? And Gwen came back and said, yo, you know, he's, he's ready to work with you. And, you know, for the next two years, between him and Gwen, you know, they managed me as a producer, and I worked on everything, Britney Spears, um, uh, all the bad boy projects, Loon, Down For Me, um, Sherry Dennis, uh, B5, all those projects. And then, you know, also out of mad love and respect for Young Lord, any projects Young Lord was working on, gospel projects, virtue, whatever. But honestly, man, my first year officially in the music industry, 26 records were released, 26 records. That's a record every two weeks right. that I had some part in, written, arranged, produced, whatever. 26 records in my first year. How did your life change that year, man? Like your life, your lifestyle. Like here you are burning your arm in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 what's going on in your life, man? Because that's a lot. That's a lot, Ryan, in one year. And you're a young dude. Man. Um, what changed about you, man? Uh Man, I, I would just say this. Uh, it was just fuel to the fire that I knew. Like, I, I'm even just sitting here. It's almost surreal because I know the impact and the legacy and the history that I want to make. And I know that even just these stories and everything, it's all a setup. It's right. a setup for the history that I will be able to make in music right and i didn't know i didn't understand what the purpose would be it was cool to after that then you know i things changed yeah um but not really i'm i i lived very humbly right i got myself a little one bedroom you know and really it was like you know at that time really gwen and ed were like my extended family here they helped me find a place to when i moved out of the young lords to get a little one bedroom apartment in harlem um and man uh how did you, as a young guy, how were you so, f- I mean, and I think I know the answer because you already kind of answered it, but what kept you so focused, man? Because nine out of 10, man, you put nine people next to you, overnight success, overnight success. They're getting that money. They got that fame. They're running around with the beautiful people. They're going to go crazy. Like, how did you not go crazy with your money, man? Man, I just knew that uh, I knew I had more that I wanted to do, and I also was feeling the resistance of record companies to the music I was making. Right. So I knew I needed to save my money. I had to invest in myself. Right. You know, I had, um, t- uh, Ed was working for Tommy Mottola. Mm-hmm. Tommy Mottola wanted to sign my publishing. Mm-hmm. I made a deal with Tommy. Yo, I want a record deal. I'm not giving you my publishing unless you can make it valuable because the publishing that I'm doing with Puff, yeah, it's cool and everything, but I really felt like my album, that publishing was going to be the most valuable. So I only wanted to do a publishing deal if he gave me a record deal too. Right. And I mean, I wasn't any big record company priority. People don't wasn't really, yo, this is Lil Wayne. Yo, this is, you know, somebody. But the buzz was there, though. The buzz, was the the, the Ryan Leslie buzz was crazy. Man, listen, uh, I'm talking about that's 2003 when this happened. Yes. Oh, three. I remember. My album didn't drop until 2009. Right. So if the buzz was that crazy, the record would have dropped. I see what you're saying. My first record got shelved. Right. You know what I'm saying? The Just Right album, the one that I actually felt like I put all my blood, sweat, and tears, everything, we turned that into the record company, and it just wasn't moving. It wasn't a priority. It wasn't anything. So what, I, what, were they, what were they not fucking with? Man, I'm going to be honest with you. The record I gave the Puff, the Hot Tonight record, that was the one that Tommy also wanted to sign me on. Right. So he said, yo, man, 
so the, you know what that is. It's, it's like it's, it's single-itis. People hear that song and any other song you deliver after that. It's is not like, that oh, record. It's not that record. You got it. You it's understand? It's not that record, right? Yeah, you understand. So, so how did you come in and now like you, you, you had all this aspiration to be a rapper, but, you, but you're singing. How, man, how, let me tell how, you something. How did, how did that happen? Man, I, I saw an interview with Chris Brown. Mm-hmm. He said he started singing for the ladies. Right. And that was it. Dude, we, not, we will not sit here and talk because, you know, I've actually received calls from, uh, I've received calls from very accomplished women who are, you know, may, they may or may not want to be associated or people to know, like, oh, you know, I, I, yeah, I was with Ryan. That, that's my thing. It's, I mean, there are, there's a high profile, hey, you know, Cassie was my girlfriend and everything. But, like, dude, I was writing songs. My first two albums, my Grammy-nominated transition album, I didn't write that to get a hit on the radio. I wrote that because I was chasing somebody. Yes. I was chasing somebody. Somebody you know specific. I mean? Absolutely. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And and everything that that's, that you live, you go you, back you, and you're not to, You're not going to tell us who, right? Nah, nah, do that. It wasn't Cassie, bro. Nah, that's the second album. Okay, you know what I mean. So you yeah. started singing. Did, did yeah. you? Did you get her? I mean, this. You got. Did, did you get her? Did you get her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you got to understand the difference between getting her is like some people's like, yo, once you, once you consummate the, the physical attraction. Right, right, right. That's when you get somebody. My thing was, you know, I, I have I have a Camelot dream. You know what I mean? My Camelot dream is, yo, I'm I'm I, I could be the equivalent of the black JFK. So my Camelot dream is who's my Jackie O? What right. the, what is the where's our you know, where is our um you know high end port? You know what I mean? Right, What's right. It, what it, you know what I mean? It, my, I've always dreamed as a my life is a Tommy Hilfiger ad or a okay. Ralph Lauren ad. You know what I'm saying? So well, how, where are you getting these dreams from? Coming from such a modest background, man. Um, you talking Salvation Army? I don't even know what a Salvation Army officer is. Man, they wear the uniforms. They ring the bell at Christmas time and collect money. I mean, they run churches. They run homeless shelters. They run adult rehabilitation centers. So, so how so are you getting these dreams? Man, I studied. You know what I mean. And um, when I was in school, couple things. First of all, my mother um, is an accomplice an accomplished pianist right. and she's also an accomplished seamstress. Okay. And so she has incredible taste, my mother. Even though we didn't have money, right. she has incredible taste and she would actually, I had the MC Hammer pants before they were ever even manufactured and mass produced, right? Because we saw Hammer on TV and right. I said to my mom, I want that. And she said, well, that's great because I'm not buying you those Ralph Lauren jeans and whatever, but we can go down to the fabric store and you can pick your MC Hammer What, what fabrics whatever. did you pick, man? Man, I picked polka dots and all <laughs> type of stuff, man. Come on. Patent leather. Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? So so I understood that. And, right. you know, I, I still feel that I have a mark to make uh, yet in apparel. Okay. You know what I mean? But I was studying. When I was at school at Harvard because I had to be away from my mom. Right. I made it a point to go and find a tailor. And so all of my clothes, all my jeans, anybody that was running around with me, they knew I was all the way custom. And the reason why I was custom is because, and the reason even why I taught myself how to make beats is because I understood and I had a taste level for the best of the best. But I knew at the time I couldn't afford it. When I was in college, I wanted Jermaine Dupri beats because I wanted to be Usher. 
right? Because that's what that's what the girls were loved. They loved Usher. Right. I wanted Jermaine Dupri beats. At that time, beats were going for a hundred thousand. I couldn't afford that, so I had to learn how to make it myself. Right. When I when I when I wanted to be fly, I knew that those you know if I went in a Gucci store, a pair of jeans. Is that, is that what you wanted? You want six, some Gucci seven, shit? Whatever it was, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. But mostly, it wasn't because I wanted the. It most it, it wasn't because of the brands per se. It was because of the lifestyle that was depicted in the campaigns right you understand aspirational man you know what i mean look at michael kors advertising right now he's a billionaire yeah you know the 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 latest minted fashion billionaire look at look at look at the consistency of his campaigns it's private planes it's the yachts it's the shopping it's the paparazzi following you when you come out it's kim kardashian you know, you always, she's lived. you always wanted that, man. I saw it, and I was like, man, why can't? I? Why not? That, that could be real. Why that, not? Yeah. So, so you 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 establish yourself as a singer. Yeah. Now, but you know what? Now, now you're a singer. Now, do you feel pigeonholed because people know you as a singer? No, no. Uh, the thing is, is let's let's be real, man. Yeah, let's be real. Let's be real. I have not had any commercial success. As an artist, right? Let's be real. If commercial success is defined by gold or platinum records, I have zero. Right. So I'm not. I, I'm not defined. I have not even been defined. And yet. I'm not arguing with you, but I'm you know saying, saying? Yeah. from from my perspective. Though, yeah. From my perspective, regardless if you've had success or not, we live in a in a digital age right now where everything is out there. And your debut, like you're, you know, like the the, the people know you as a singer. Like, did you ever? I mean, is let, let's let's keep it all the way, all the way real. Was there ever once where you were like, you know what? It might be hard to get this rap career off the ground. No. Okay. No. And that's that's the thing. I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation. No one's ever really even asked me about this. And from for, first of all, I've already explained to you from a live performance standpoint. I'm I'm doing shows, and you know, first of all, let's just talk about. Um, Let's just talk about the the probably the most pivotal live television performance of my career was not even my performance. It was Cassie's performance on the BET yeah. um, 106 in Park. wasn't even my performance. So pivotal because it, it they expected of her more than she could deliver right. at that time right. in her I, career. I remember that. And so my thing is my my delivery and my gifts to the world are never, they are never, ever, ever, um, they are never uh, dictated by the expectations of others. Right. They're dictated by my expectations. Right. Right. What do I expect from myself? Right. So if I'm not going to stand on stage and sing you Stevie Wonder level runs and range and all of that, I don't want to sing. Right. And so as an artist, I should have the prerogative to be able to do whatever I want to do, however I want to express myself, right? right? Yeah, but so, I think it's also, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think it's also what people believe in, and especially in this day and age, like you know, with you know, I understand where you're coming from, talking about that, you know, that you don't see it. We have limited vision, but you know what I'm saying. But like you know, I, I, there's a lot of people I think that you know maybe wouldn't it'd be tough for them to accept saying, "I'll, oh, 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 Ryan Wesley rapping." You know, I, I'm just being like, I'm just being honest. I'm just saying. Like even like I watched some of your older interviews and 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 I seen people like finding it hard to believe that you had like a million dollars in the bank like like people don't take the time to take that stuff in they accept you for what you are not saying that you are that 
But what, what I guess what Ryan is saying is it doesn't matter. I'm saying if you're a creator and you let that affect the way that you create, then you are doing a disservice to yourself to yeah. and you're doing a disservice to the history of mankind. I hate right. to talk in such like no, no, you know, no, huge. You're doing a disservice. That's what we do here, Ryan. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. I'm just saying, but at the same time, too, I think like, will people support that? I'm not. Well, it's, it's not up to the people, though. No, it no, com- but it comes I know, down but to, what I'm saying it is... It comes down to what well, you do. No, no, no. It does come down to the okay. people. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the thing. That's why I built what I built is so that I could find the people that will support me just being a creator. I'm looking for patrons of my art. So when I think back to, you know, and I don't know if I'm even, maybe I'm off on my history, but from what I understand, some of the greatest music, some of the greatest prose, some of the greatest plays and poetry were written for just one royal family. Mm. Commissioned. They were commissioned, yeah. yeah. So, so tell us about this project, man, MZRT. MZRT project. Yes, Mozart, right? Yeah. So it's actually, MZRT means the Magnificently Zealous Renegade Takeover. Okay. <laughs> dope. Yeah. Magnificently Zealous, zealous Renegade, renegade takeover. takeover. Okay. All right. Which is also like short for Mozart, right? Yeah, yeah, MZRT okay. Mozart. Right? You, you sure you don't smoke, man? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. So the, the so the the record, the record that's available now, yes. if people want to listen to it, and first of all, I mean it's just man, it, yeah. If people want to listen to the record now, so I've I've actually made two rap albums, okay. right? So this is not. I mean, I've I've seen I've watched the blogs and stuff. People say, oh man, I blame Ryan Leslie for Music Soul Child's decision to become a rapper. I'm like, look, they blaming I'm, you for that. I mean, you know, complex. I, I read some more. First of all, so you complex. gotta stop reading with. Hey, don't read the comments. No, no, no. Don't, don't like, read what like people it, say like about it. you, man. It's, no, it's entertaining. Okay, it's entertaining. Yo, you you yeah. you creeping me out right now, man. Why? Because he's like, yo, that shit is entertaining. Now you know, you know, you know. I will say this. I will say this. We had John Forte in an episode, and he said some of the shit that stuck with me so much. He said that when we look at a post or a blog, we see say a hundred comments. We radar in on that one comment that says, ah, he's trash. And the 99 other ones, we don't even like pay attention to. I pay attention to all of them. Okay. Because, you know, maybe, maybe something is, maybe something is, um, uh, I just have, I'm just wired to try to understand the human experience. Right. I'm a student of humanity. So there's a reason why every, first of all, you just have to think, you got to be built a certain way to even write a comment. Yes. How many people actually write comments? I don't write comments. You got to be built. You got to be wired a certain way to actually feel like I what write, you have I, to I write comments sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But you have to be built a certain way to right. actually feel like what you have to say about. Pete, you write so, comments? I don't fuck really with the comments because the comments. Uh, I mean, they, they become something different. 2014 comments in this world are fuck the fuck up. Well, because like, we get in the comments right now, too. <laughs> I mean, people, I give a look on YouTube comments. And people, yeah, I, I mean, people, people, people blaze people. And, and it entertains yeah. you. Yeah, man, because I'm, I'm trying to understand. You, you got to be, you have to. Different, but it takes a different type of person to read the comments, too. Yeah, but I'm trying to understand humanity. Right. I'm trying to understand. Humanity's yeah, fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but that's, We're fucked up right now. Yeah. <laughs> so so you can only understand kind of that which people put out. Right. So if people want to put out on for the world their feelings, and you have to feel important enough that people you're going to think somebody believes that what you have to say matters. Right. 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 To even write the comment, you have to feel important enough that what you feel like people want to read your comment. They, they want to agree with what you have to say or combat it or whatever it is. Right. So I'm, that's, that's a certain type of internet consumer. 
right? So I read all the comments and everything. But my thing is like, look, I'm two rap albums in, two full rap albums in, two of them, and two world tours behind them. You know what I'm saying? So for people to say, oh, well. So you we're, know, we're talking about Black Mozart and we're talking about MZRT. We're talking about Les is More. Les is More. Which is a rap album. Okay. And, that, you know, and that was independent too. That was also independent. Okay. So, I, but I told everybody, if you look at the titles of the albums, the first album, which was Shell, was called Just Right. Just Right. And that was a, you know, it was a nice R&B record, whatever. Kind of like Teddy Riley influence, right, 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 right. you know what I mean? New Jack for the 2000s. Then the Ryan Leslie self-title which had Diamond Girl, which mm-hmm. was my first single ever in which I rapped on my own single, 16 Bars. I was, I was bars. playing that record today, and my wife was like, I love that record. Man, you know what I mean? And still, it wasn't hot tonight. Right, right, That's right. That's what my label told me. Right, right. You know what I mean? Then it was, you know, you had Addiction. You had Great then, record, great record. Yeah. Then addiction, had, addiction is a great record. Yeah, that wasn't even supposed to be my record, though. Right. That was supposed to be Cassie's Got record. Got some bangers. Okay. okay. That was supposed to be Cassie's record. Right. You know what I mean? Then... Uh, transition, transition. I was telling people, this is the transitional album. Right. Now I'm gonna do what I want to do. Right. And we got a Grammy for transition. You know what I mean? Um, and then it was Les is more. Right. And Les is more is yo. Whatever you expect from Ryan Leslie, it's a whole lot more. You want to see a window into my life? You don't really know how I'm rolling out here? You don't really know how, oh, I got the supermodel? You didn't know how, oh, we on a private plane from Paris to Milan? Oh, you didn't know, oh, we brought out the Maybach from whatever? Oh, you didn't know we have, that was it. Now, Ryan, I believe you, but explain to our audience how you're able to live that life. How you're able to live like the European jet set, jets, and luxury cars, and the, and the models, and the taxes, and the whole nine. Explain to the internet how you're able to really live that life. Because I believe you. It's not what you make, it's what you spend. And I don't really have to spend money to live that life. Right. Just think about that for a second. I don't really have to So spend. basically, explain to our audience the difference between the U.S. market in the European market, because I understand that then the Europeans treat you a little differently than, than than the Americans do here. Yeah, but the other thing about it is people will treat you differently if you show them a different level of respect. I right. didn't go to Europe saying, "Yo, I'm an American star. Y'all should be happy that I even took a seven hour flight out here." I went to Europe and said, "Yo, if you if the other U.S. stars are only giving you a thirty minute show where they rapping over." their tracks and they're out of breath or whatever, I'm giving you a two-hour show with full music orchestration, or sometimes four. Which like, countries? Man, uh, Germany, Slovakia, um, uh, uh, Holland, um, Switzerland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark. So you're giving, you're giving the countries that, 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 that really are hungry. Man, yeah, I'm, I'm going... For, for American culture. Yeah. For black American culture. Yeah, for, for great music. Right. For great music. Four hour shows? Man, four hour shows. At, what are you times. doing at four hour shows, man? I got four albums. I got I got I got I have a I have I have an extensive body of work. And I also have an ex- it becomes further extended when you start playing records that you've produced. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So and also the other piece of it is that I'm not just running from song to song. I'm actually I have a band. I got a musicians. I, I could vamp on addiction and turn it into whatever else I want. I could I could turn Fly Together into um Loyal by Chris Brown because of the chord. Dun, dun, dun. 
That's I fly, you fly, we fly together. But it's don't. Pete, don't sing, please. He's inspiring me. Yeah, but don't don't let him inspire you to sing. Okay. Those are the same chords. When a rich nigga wants you. I mean, so I can do it. This is the type of stuff that, and that's what's so beautiful about it is I can I can raise the bar for what people expect from a rap show. I not necessarily can raise the bar for what people expect for an R&B show from someone who can deliver vocally what Stevie Wonder can deliver because that's the standard for me. So over these past years, yeah, you've built a solid career for yourself overseas. Yes. Absolutely. And and I read somewhere that you have a lot of like to this date. Like explain to us like some of the shows that you have lined up. Let's just say on the Black Mozart album. Right. First of all, let's just let let's just take that as a case study first and foremost, all right? The Black Mozart album was released uh, cuz Les is more we we did it through Sony Red. Mm-hmm. The Black Mozart album was released. No manager, no label, no PR, no music videos, straight off the iPhone. Right. 30,000 tickets at 40 euros a ticket. That's 1.2 million dollars gross in one month of touring. Fuck. See that comment? I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And then for the second go around, because I watched your, your video, your, your, your documentary. Yeah. Black Mozart. Okay, you watched it. Good. I watched it. Now, yeah, that, yeah. now that was for... That which, was for Black Mozart. Okay, so, yeah, so you yeah. did that afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did the tour after. That shit looked pretty, man. Man. How, know, how, how much did it cost you to shoot that video? I mean, it looked expensive, but once again... You mean the you the, mean the, the documentary. documentary? Yeah, yeah. But once man, it, it was the it was the price of making the album. Right. So I knew, you know, I had like maybe you know I spent about set, six, I spent about sixty thousand. Okay, you know what I mean, and and that's light, man. If you if you compare that to like what record companies are paying, and they don't yes. get a documentary yes. out of it, and yes. they don't get an album out 25 of twenty five minute documentary. Mm. Come on, right. twenty five minute documentary shot and edited. I was editing in real time. This is what we talk about, man versus machine type stuff. I went out there. If you watch the documentary, while everybody else was sleeping, I was editing. At the end of a six-day period, an entire album was written and recorded, and the documentary was edited by yours truly. And that was a lot of 30-minute naps. Man, that was a lot less 30-minute naps than usual because I was working. Yo, listen, man. Let's go to a quick break. But Before we do that, once again, I want to shout out our sponsors for this episode of the Combat Jack Show, Bevel. The Bevel Shaving System, man, listen, you know, Tristan Walker and, and Walker and Company have created something that I really get excited. Like, I, I've never been excited going through the mundane process of shaving. I usually, you know, I'm not, an, I'm not, you know, an elegant dude like Ryan, you know what I'm saying? So I'll be out there buying those, those fucking packs of like plastic. Gillette Fusions. Gillette, not even the Fusions, the cheap orange joints. The fucking But like this dicks. shit right here, this, this Bevel Shaving System has me shaving like a boss internets do yourself a favor it's been like oh it's been about a month and a half right now no razor bumps no irritation and i don't even shave my face i shave my head so there's a lot more skin that's exposed to that razor blade i shave the face combat you shave the face i tell you i got the look at you man your skin is glistening listen smooth as a baby's ass i approve of uh bevel because i got the package i wanted to know yo good good pause okay i wanted to know if the uh, if the bevel system was for uh, Italian man. I'm Italian. I wanted to know. And I will say, it is. It's official tissue. Internets. Holiday seasons are coming up. Female internets. Do yourself a favor. 
Get your significant other this bevel shaving system. Go to getbevel, G-E-T-B-E-V-E-L.com. Punch in the promo code COMBAT. Get 20% off. Listen, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com, F your radio, F your TV show, and F your podcast. Be right back. Internet's The Combat Jack Show will be live in Atlanta at A3C Festival this Thursday, October 9th at 2 p.m. King, tell me what we got going on. At the Crown Plaza Hotel, the keynote room, we will be interviewing none other than Ninth Wonder, Jamla recording CEO, motivational speaker, producer, the mayor of A3C. The mayor of A3C. Plus, we'll have special guests. Plus, we got a special guest DJ that day, DJ Wally Sparks. Sparks, what up? He'll be in the building. Yeah. There'll also be other panels that we'll be at. There'll also be other stuff that we'll be doing while we're down there. Shit. Yeah. Combat will be speaking on a Morehouse panel mm. with that Scarface, Ivy and League, the, shit. Satori and Gene Gray, a couple other people. <laughs> I'll also be on a sneaker panel that day, Friday around 3 30. Uh, Mayor will be in the building, Sky Zoo. Um, mm. couple Some other, sneaker shit? Uh, sneaker, hip hop and soul. Okay. Also, me and you will be moderating a panel for Illmind. That's right. The, the, the amazing the be- producer. Boom Trap. Yes, sir. That's at the School of Audio Engineering from 2 to 3 p.m. And then Check also, me, you, Uh-oh. and Combat Uh-oh. will be hosting the celebrity Black Cypher, The Blap. Oh, man, The Black Beat Cypher returns, baby. Oh, man, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You'll see the crazy lineup. It's going to be magnificent. Come out and check us out Saturday, 5 to 7.30 at the School of Audio Engineering, and let's turn up. Internets, as you know, the Combat Jack Show will be live in Atlanta. We'll be down there invading A3C Festival. Make sure you stick to and keep it locked to Mm. our Instagram, Combat Jack Show, our Twitter, Combat Jack Show, and find out all about the events that we'll be doing. We'll all be down there. Combat Jack will be down there, A-King. Yeah. Jonathan Mena. Mena, Mena. A bunch of the Combat Jack Show team, myself, Premium Pete. Internets, make sure you fuck with us down at A3C, Combat Jack Show. Get ready for combat. Cheer. Internets, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the combatjackshow.com. We're Cheer. sitting here with Mr. Ryan Leslie. Yo, Ryan, man, what, what's your fascination with Mozart, man? And black Mozart and all of this, man? <laughs> Uh, it's just a standard. It's just a reflection of the standard I hold myself to. And so the reason why I even started putting my creative process on YouTube, a lot of people miss that, uh, is because I just wanted to show I'm different. I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm giving a different level of, I'm giving a different level of passion to, to the art that I create. I'm using whatever I can, but I mean, that's really just paying homage to the people who are my heroes, you know? You know, I I found out or I've heard and I've done a little bit of research this year, man, that that, that people are saying that Mozart was actually black. Did you ever hear that? Well, I mean, they do have Le Chevalier de Saint-Georges, who's like considered a black Mozart, you know. Um, And Fab Five Freddy actually put me on to a book about him, um, that he was just the man. You know what I mean? A swashbuckler. Uh, You know, he could duel. He could fight. He was a general. He said, you know, all those, the real... The real black Mozart, you know. My thing is just more the moniker. As of now, man, um, I'm interested in sparking discussion. And so whether someone thinks I am and I deserve the moniker black Mozart or I don't, then it's a reason for people to actually have a debate and maybe look up Mozart. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. 
So yeah, I'm, you know, language and, and language is powerful. Words are powerful. Names are powerful. Um, you know, look at the word nigga. You know what I'm saying? That's powerful. Very powerful. Fuck you is powerful. Yes. You know, so and you know, people will take a. I mean, people will. You know, lay hands on each other. You say, "Fuck you." You know what scumbag I mean? Scumbag so, yeah. is powerful. Yeah, it's not that powerful. Yeah, now, scumbag yeah. is powerful. You call someone scumbag in the, in the, in the Italian community? You I would fucking imagine scumbag. Yeah, fucking scumbag. Fucking ghoul. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> so language is powerful, man. Yeah, you know, words are powerful. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely different. I definitely believe in those vibrations. Um, we spoke about the music, man. We spoke about the passion that you have in the music, man. But I also think that it's fascinating, man, that you're so adept in the tech world. And you talk about uh, investing in yourself. And it's obvious that you invested in your musical career. But you also made wise decisions in the tech world, man. Can we, de- can we talk about some of, the, some of the things that you're doing that, 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 that behind the scenes? That, yeah. That, 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 that adds to the mystique of, like, does Ryan Leslie really have it? Yeah. So, first of all, first of all, I am in the process right now of building the grid that the music industry should have had since the seventies. Mm. And that grid is a grid where, like I said, like how exactly how we opened this, this interview where artists actually can know who their fans are. And that doesn't mean knowing how many Twitter followers you are, knowing how many Twitter followers you have, knowing how many Instagram followers you have, knowing how many YouTube subscribers, how many Facebook likes I'm talking about actually knowing real people um and the reason i say that is let's take for example amazon.com or let's take for example itunes and steve jobs Mm -hmm. both of those organizations know you personally if you're listening right now and you have an apple id apple knows you personally how personal do they know you they know your purchase history they know your purchases yeah they don't know what kind of pawn you watch, though, right? They know your purchases. I hope they, I hope they don't. They, they, <laughs> I hope they don't. I, I watch about a grandmother porn. You know, hey, hey. You, you know what's actually, uh, I mean, I think you've actually, they have shows about this where people, you know, your internet is being monitored, sites you visit, because right. they want to, they, de- they definitely want to catch, like, child molesters and of predators course. so of course if people are visiting certain sites you know so if they can track you watching those sites i'm sure they tracking they everything yeah, exactly they tracking right you know what i mean they so, tracking. so basically you're tapped into this grid i'm building it you're building i'm it. building it and it's you know a that's challenge. A, it's still a little creepy though no it's not well well i think i mean i you're not creeping me out like that but it's still the fact that you're talking about really being totally in tune with a system that allows you to know what your who your audience is. Man, listen. Hold on a second, all right? First of all, we're going to do an experiment right now. Right. If you want to send me a text, you've been listening and you know, you want to know more about, you know, you want advice, whatever you want. You want to tell me I should stop rapping, whatever you want to tell me. I prefer you just say it directly to me. To you. So send me a text. I'm going to give you a number. It's plus one if you're from overseas. 915-600-6978. If you need to pause and run it back. 915-600-6978. It's also publicly available on my Twitter. Twitter.com slash Ryan Leslie. I noticed when I was watching your documentary 
that these little pop-ups would come up any any and you know yeah. at certain moments and be like yo call me at this number yeah if you, you know if you want, give me your feedback right so, give me your feedback okay so because so, that's that's my thing is you know uh i like i like one thing i, I you know uh, I like Rosa. He said, "Yo, fuck a blog, dog." Because one day we gonna meet, right? You know, so so either that's directed at bloggers or it's directed at people who leave comments on blogs, right? So my thing is, you know, you don't need a filter. Why? Why would you? If you really want to say something to me, why would you? You know, bury it in the comments of a YouTube video. Just hit me direct. Okay, so I'm a kid from Bed I'm listening to this episode. I'm hating the fact that you're rapping right now. I pick up the phone. I dial that number. Say the number again. 915-600-6978. I call. What What do I hear? You're going to get a voicemail. That says. Just like everybody okay. else. Nobody really picks up their phone because right. my phone is off because I'm either on an interview or I'm in the studio. So there's a prompt that says leave a message. It says text me. Text you. Because if you leave a message, I may or may not listen to it. You right. send me a text. When I get off this interview, I'm going to see all the texts. That I weren't, I was not able to get to during the interview. Text Ryan, I'm not feeling this rapping shit. Yeah, and then it's going to say, "Yo, what's your email?" Okay, so because I, said, I need to know who's texting me. Okay, so I send you my email. Now what happens? Then it says, "Okay, then I can actually check and see." First of all, you talking about my rapping stuff? Did you actually get the album? Because if you didn't, here's a link where you can get the album. Then if you get through that before I say anything else. I'm going to say thank you right. for supporting my record. Okay. Then at that point, we can have a conversation. Okay, now this you link. You give me your feedback. This yeah. link, is it is it to, 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 to pay for your music or is it a free download? It's to support, yeah, it's, it's to support the album. Okay, yeah. so so how much is the album? $12. $12. So how many people usually respond to this, man? I have a 50% conversion. Okay. So that means 23,000 people have had enough courage. And it's not a big number. That's, 20, a, that's a big enough number for that album, though. 23,000 people have had enough courage to send me a text or right. an email. 12,700 of those people end up actually supporting the record. That's a 50% conversion. Which right? comes, I mean, and I saw you doing the math on, on, uh, on Hot 97. Yeah. What does that, was that, was that translated okay, into? Okay, so let, let's just call it $10 an album because right. it's actually 12. Right. All right, well, let's call it 12. $12 an album times 12,000 people is $144,000 direct. No middleman, no record label, no anything. $144,000 direct. Now, mind you, we spent 60000 making the record, right. right? So, you know, we, we're still doing all right. But the real, the real upside is the fact that I can tour directly. Mm. I'm touring directly. Right. We already did the math on that. Right. You know what I mean? Over a milli touring. So you got this thing figured out, man. Yeah, and it's it's not just a blueprint for me. Right. I'm artist first. I'm looking for any artist, anybody that's making music, anybody that's writing books, anybody that is a you know is is a you know doing a spin class or you know yoga. What? We might want to talk to you, man. For let's, real, we might want to talk to you, let's man. Because we put some numbers on the board and we put content content out there every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and do. You, now you you you're, you're advising a lot of people also from yes. what I understand, like yes. like Talib Kweli and his yes. Gravitas label. Yes, yes. And is he doing the same thing? He did the same thing on the last one. It's not built for everybody, right? I'm 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 a I'm super maniacal about data, right? Uh, and what that means is, I'm just interested in making sure that people get the credit they deserve for the support they give me, right? So my number one fan 
in the world in the last year is up 2,400 with me. 2,400. All right? My number one fan. So imagine. Uh, where are they? In Germany, right? Yeah. Okay. So imagine I find 1,000. Well, he's not from Germany, actually. I think he's from, hold on one second, because he actually just popped up today. He he took the number one slot because I'm doing analytics. A, what can I analytics? I'm, I'm, I'm took I'm 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 uh I'm throwing a private New Year's Eve party in a castle, and um, the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where where what country, man? In, in Vienna, Austria. Okay, okay, okay. And my number one fan in the world, as of today, is from Oslo, Norway. Okay, mm. okay. And he's up twenty four hundred dollars. So let me let let's do simple math. Like, where's if the I, money? What where's the money going? Man, it goes to it goes to okay support of the album right it goes to live experiences okay. you know meet and greets or whatever right. and for new year's eve that that ticket's expensive right we're in a castle oh, so he's buying the ticket yeah he bought a ticket okay to my new year's eve party it's private um you can get an invitation send me a text you know what i mean you want to come turn up you want to have experience of your life you read about it or you watched it in disney movies that's how i'm living <laughs> Yo, comment. Remind me to send a text to uh, Ryan Wesley before New Year's. You got to pay for that ticket, though. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, what's incredible about that is at twenty four hundred dollars, right. if I only have one thousand people, if I can find one thousand people, that's two point four million dollars. Mm. I don't know what to say, man. Like you, you this, I, this is the second time that <laughs> this episode has paused after he threw out a fact. Every time he throw out these numbers. Yeah, because the numbers are different. The game has changed. Right. And we late. What's As el- musicians, we're late. As what, the music industry, we're late. Personally, what's eluding you right now? What are you chasing right now? Man, uh, it's awareness. That's why I'm doing this interview right, right now. Right. It's awareness. You know what I mean? I've I've actually found... 23,000 people who are interested enough to send me a message or text me, right? But if it's a 50% conversion rate, if I find 50,000 people, or if I find 100,000 people, or if I find 500,000 people who think I'm interesting, then do the math. Right. Now, you've had people invest in this company. Yeah. Because they believed you. Yeah. And, And you made them believers. I mean, the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. That's really the only thing that doesn't lie. Right. Ask these cats that's running around out here how many units they move. They probably won't give you a straight answer. Right. Ask these cats out here running around, rappers, you know, how, how much they actually made off the units they move. They're probably not going to give you a straight answer. Ask these cats out here how much they actually make it per show, how many tickets they really moving, how much do they make on every ticket. How, many, cast- how you- many castles you motherfuckers Castle are Castle parties. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is very real, and that's why I'm saying I like this arena. Right. You know what I'm saying? People say, "Oh yeah, you know he's, ra- you know, what's he rapping for?" Y'all, I like the most competitive arena. Period. Because I want to be a champion. I want to be a winner. So put me in the most, put me in the lion's den, put me in the gladiators arena because that's where I want to compete. Put me with the titans of music. Put me with the titans of moguldom. Put me with those folks because that's that's the level that I want to compete on. Right. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to cast us out here doing R&B and doing it well. You know what I mean? It's a little too, it's a li- it's, it's not competitive enough for me. You know what I'm saying? So who do you see yourself, like, say, like, on a feature with, like, you know, if you want to do something with? Like, Anybody. You see yourself, like, you first know? of all, first of all, what's so funny, right? What's so funny, right, is uh, just check the features already, right? So 
I got a record. I'm trading bars with Kanye West, Christian Dior Denim Flow, Kid Cudi's also on that rusher record. Pusha T's also on that record. Me and Fab traded bars. Me and Raekwon traded bars. You make great me records and, with Fab, by the way, man. Man, that's the homie. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, you know what I'm saying. Me and Raekwon traded bars. Me and Talib traded bars. There's nobody who's going to question the credibility of those people's lyricism. Number right. one and number two, you, I will be hard pressed to question the credibility of their taste or their, you know, cosigns. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I mean, maybe you could. Maybe, maybe, maybe they signed somebody or. Excuse me, maybe they work with somebody that you don't really, you know, you don't feel their bars or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, just check. I mean, my thing is just check the credentials. It's real. You know what I mean? I remember years ago when Kanye was out here saying that he wanted to rap. And he was telling people in the industry that he was going to rap. And, you know, I remember he came to my office and he was talking about that. And he had that look in his eye like how he was going to be the most recognized rapper. And part of me was like, I know you as a producer. I know you working on the D-Dot and, 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 and Crazy Cat catalog. So I can't envision you as a rapper. You know what I mean? And now, years later, Kanye is, is you know, he's up there. Um, is that a similar path that you're on right now? Because the world still, like, other than your fan base, which really believes in you, the world still hasn't been convinced. Or is that a concern of yours? The world is changing. Right. The reason why Michael Jackson was able to sell 24 million records is because the distribution channel of even how you discover music was controlled by one outlet. Right. Which was, yo, I'm interrupting your regularly scheduled TV programming tonight to play you the new Michael Jackson video, period. You couldn't go to YouTube, search for your favorite video or whatever. So my existence, my ability to live how I'm living, my ability to run around and get bread the way I'm getting bread is because it's different. I don't Kanye West's story is a is a decade long story. The Drake story is a seven year long story. The new stories are I could probably name five people right now that that have you know, or 10 people or 20 people that have huge social followings and you never heard of them. The reason why is because the internet allows for the customization of your entertainment experience. So like I said, I only need to find a thousand of my number one fan. Got I'm it. doing $2.4 million a year. So it. maybe, maybe, just maybe, it's not about the recognition. It's about did I make the album I was supposed to make before I die? Right. And who was it that allowed me and empowered me and gave me the support? Say, yo, Ryan, we love what you're talking about. Ryan, we love the trail you blazing. Yo, Ryan, we love what you're pioneering. We support it. Let's give it because I don't need a lot of people to do it. You know what I mean? More money, more problems. Puff said it. You know what I mean? More people on tour, more bigger productions, more people to manage, more salaries, more this, more that. <laughs> more re- stalkers. Come on, man. More New York Post covers in the whole Come now. on. You know it. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Honestly, man, the reason why startups exist the way that they are and the way that the reason why they're able to disrupt the way that they are is because they're small and agile. They can move. Yeah. They can be flexible. When you got a big entourage, yeah, you got to feed everybody yeah, 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 and whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dog, I'm light. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I see it. I'm see light. It. I'm moving light. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Are you at all bitter about this industry though? The music industry? Honestly. Ah, man, I see there's so much promise right now. Right. 
I look at it like, man, this is the gold rush. This is the Wild West. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? The blueprint was already written. The blueprint was already written. The fact that American Express knows who you are when you pick up the phone and call them. So the fact that the music industry doesn't know who you are when you pick up the phone and call them is a testament to the fact that people have been building ridiculous enterprises on knowing and serving their customers for decades or probably decades or more. And we're late to the party. So if you don't want to be late to the party, come holler at me. Come holler at me. Get on this wave. I'm leading the wave. I was crazy enough to take my music off of iTunes. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I say, you know what? They're not going to miss my 12,000 sales. Right. So if you're a rapper out there and you're selling less than 12,000 because you're just getting started and you ain't doing it like me, you're doing it wrong. Holler at your boy. That's why my number's available. So is there a site where people go to to buy your music or is it just through your phone yeah mzrt.com mzrt.com i have a four letter domain <laughs> mzrt.com and, hard to, hard and, and you did this yeah. intentionally also absolutely absolutely it's, it's, it's intentional everything i'm doing right now from here on out i've learned enough i've made enough you know I, I've, I've had enough learning experiences that all of my moves from this point on to the extent that I can control them, are going to be the most decisive moves I've ever made in my career. You've learned a lot. Yeah. Personal question, man. Yeah. What did you learn through your whole situation with Cassie and Puff? I learned that you cannot control. I learned not to be worried about that which you cannot control. That's what I learned. That's a great answer. That's a great answer, man. You know, it, um, in relationships. Come on, you want to talk about relationships? Yeah, I want to talk about relationships. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about it. Now, I think I, in relationships, I, I think the thing, Come on, that, the thing that hinders most people is them trying to control yeah. the other person. Yeah. And it's kind of ironic because the first person I ever heard say you can't control the other person is Ed Woods. And mm. Woods used to always say that. Uh, that's, that's, that's interesting. That is interesting. It's very interesting. We never, you know, he and I never had this type of conversation, right? You know, but um, yeah, he and I never had this this kind of conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I maybe I soaked it up from various conversations or readings, et cetera, uh, or maybe just life and how I, how I how I um, respond to it. Uh, so whether I'm rapping. Whether I'm singing, whether I'm with a, a significant other, whether I'm in a relationship or not, whether it's my family, whatever it is, I mean, that which is beyond your control, you're wasting your energy. If right. you if you if you're worried about it, or even more crazy, if you're actually trying to control it, you can. It's just hard enough controlling yourself. Yeah, you know, Pete. It's funny. Like sometimes something will happen, or somebody will cancel on us, or somebody will do something. And I'm on to the next thing. And, and, and Peter be like, yo, but why did they, why did they cancel? And I'm like, yo, it, we already on to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? I can't focus on why they did, why they did that. Yeah, I mean, I believe sometimes things happen in your life and, and, and they always give you a remembrance. Like, you know, especially like with the whole thing, like, you know, and I don't want to get into it like that. But the whole thing with like Puff and Cat, you know, I had situations similar to that happen. You know, and uh, it, it taught me to, it, I couldn't trust women for a while, to be honest with you. Now, I'm being honest with you because, like, you know. Why are you laughing, right? 
No, because I, you, listen, I, man. No, I, I'm just saying. Hold on, hold on, I want to hear why Ryan is laughing. I'm saying this. Um, live hard, right? So just just follow me for a second. Live hard, meaning that you have a gut, and we talked about this in the beginning. Yo, Ryan, you got? Do you have a sense of like how things are going to work out? Trust your gut, and if you know that somebody isn't right for you, but you actually you you like the the physical chemistry live hard get it you know what i'm saying but understand that your gut already told you that you're not going to have a relationship or some sort of uh experience beyond the physical chemistry so if you try and look for that beyond that then you're probably setting yourself up to be disappointed you know what i'm saying because if all signs point to the fact that you know you 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 she's going to do something that you don't like or she is chasing something that's not what you are or whatever and you just have a physical connection those connections when you string those all together those also make up uh, you know a great deal of people's lives as well i'm sure you know they what I'm saying? do now the, the, but the great thing about what you're saying too is if you're living like that with regard to other people that also gives you the freedom to live yourself without without attaching somebody's limitations onto your life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, it becomes a little different. I, I don't have children. Right. So I might be talking reckless because I don't have children. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, I haven't, you know, it's not that I, you know, I look at my sister and her and her husband. It's a, it's a beautiful well, family it's a, unit. It's a, different, yeah, it's a different. different dynamic, but it's still the same thing. Because even in, in, you know, as, as having, you know, somebody who has kids mm-hmm. and, and somebody who's been in a relationship my wife for 17 years you know i still gotta remind myself like yo am i gonna get bent up out of shape of course she knows how to fucking push the buttons and the whole nine but ultimately is she gonna get me out of shape when she's not moving the way i wanted to move because my life is so much bigger than that yeah you, you know you know what i mean yeah yeah but i will say one thing too is like when you move on from relationships too and things that happen and in that situation you know, uh, for you, you know, like I hear you talk about Puff and it sounds so respectful and the times that, you know, that, that, that you know, you did things with him and, and, and the opportunities that you got. But, you know, maybe I'm different, but like, you know, situations that I had, like I said, again, which was similar, it wasn't Puff for Cassie, but, um, you know, like I, for a long time I was like, man, fuck that dude, man. Like, you know, like, like I swear to God, like, I wanted to beat the fuck out of him. Did you try to beat Puff's ass, man? Man, nah, you know. You never ever I, said anything to. I mean, I'm not trying to say. Listen, this. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. What was I, the conversation? Yeah, I went to a, um, you know, I knew something was up because, you know, I I was doing my I was doing what I was doing, you know, in my career and everything. And normally, the record company would consult me, especially due to matters of digital media, right. at the very least, right? right? And, um. I remember actually, you know, potentially I think I had, I had gotten accidentally copied on an email about a meeting that was happening. And so I just was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I got copied on the meeting. I show up at the meeting and I was actually able to just, you know, have, have a conversation with him. You know what I'm saying? And just say, you know, look, you know, what's, what's, uh, you know, is it, do we have an issue? Is there a problem? Do we got, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, uh, it was just uh it was just a moment where I just realized it's like what what is it i mean what what i mean what would anything what would anything do you know puff is 
notorious for uh, taking a bottle of champagne in somebody's head. You yes. know what I'm saying? Puff's and, got a temper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, what would I look like if I was coming in and, you know, that did I, first of all, did I even have any reason to be upset? Right. right? Because, um, I, I, you know, if if I'm you know if I look at African American history you know you know there's a there's a big problem with claiming ownership mm-hmm. of somebody else mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so I said there's no ownership there's no people are are people are um, people are entitled to their own free will so I want people to be happy right. that's really because it's when people important. are happy right. when people are happy the world is better right. yeah. you know what I'm saying I'm so if they're really happy then go yeah I'm gonna be happy too right. No, I respect that. That's, that's a big view, man. That's a big view. Be and happy, man. If you upset, if you're with me, and please go on. Be go on. Yo, Ryan, there's something about you though, man, that that reminds me of the evil genius. <laughs> you got the kid that grows up, you know, like Doctor Doom. You read you ever read comic books, man? You know, it's funny, uh, one of the one of my fans actually is writing a comic book. Which I'll be a character in. Okay. You know, so I'm, Are you going to be the hero or the villain? Villain. You're the villain. A, yeah, but a, no, I'm saying, man, if you look at like the classic super villains, that these kids that, you know, have these lofty aspirations, they want to help mankind, they're except, exceptionally brilliant, they do all the right things, and then somehow, some way, the world kind of slights them. And they're like, wait a minute, don't you know I'm more brilliant than you? Let me show you how to do this. Now, I'm not saying you're doing diabolical <laughs> things, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you, for something, some, you remind me of fucking Dr. Doom. <laughs> Even the way he's chuckling right there. Yeah, Most definitely. Yo, don't blow up this building, right? <laughs> <laughs> Push a button. Yo, Ryan, man, tell the audience again, man, everything that you're working on right now and how we can support you. Listen, MGRT.com, that's my whole life. Yes. So go there, and if you need any thing clarified just hit me direct i'm dead serious about it hit me direct hit me direct ryan at renegadesnyc.com if you go to my twitter my email and phone number are public they are my direct email now i get a high volume of email i get a high volume of text messaging if you want to make sure that you get through and i actually can have even a chance to respond it helps if you support it because I know every level of support of all my fans around the world. So if you want to come to me and you're looking for a handout, an investment, consultation, advice. Buy the and, album. Yeah. Buy the album. Support. Yeah. And the album support. is how much again? 12 bucks. Listen, internet. I mean, you can't deny. You could say a lot of things, but you can't deny this man's intelligence. If it costs you 12 bucks to get access to get consultation, to get advice. That's 12 bucks well spent. Yeah. But it's just a connection. You get yeah. a thank you for that. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. But my time is not, hey, I can't, I can't, yeah. You know, <laughs> my time You're not going to sit down for like yeah, 45 yeah, yeah, minutes yeah, and yeah, be like, I ain't no counselor. Yeah, 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 no, but, but, but do people actually hire you to, to, to consult with them as yeah. well, like like directly? Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. What kind of clients? Um, Startups. Okay. Startups. So I'm an advisor to a few startups that are disrupting the communication that people have between themselves right. and the people who support them. I'm interested in facilitating the best and highest and deepest level of communication 
that people are interested in having with artists. But I'm telling you, this is this is this is the future. It's now. The future is now. The time is now. And if you're doing it any other way, you're doing it backwards. Doing it backwards. And time is short, right? Time is short. What'd you think about that article that came out a couple of weeks ago about um why all the people that are deemed disruptors are all white men? Man, there is a there is a big disparity. Right. I was at the In I, terms of recognition. Man, in terms of recognition, in terms of gainful employment. Right. One to three percent of the technical workforce is minority or women. Yeah. One to three percent. And when you say minority, you're not talking black, you're talking about I'm talking about Indian, yeah, Asian, yeah, Latino. Yeah. Uh, but what's so beautiful is that you know, give it a, give it a few years, and the minority will be the majority. And yeah. There's nobody that's 100 percent anything. We're all multi ethnic. Yeah, you know, you, you know. When I read that article, it made me realize that, you know, not to not to toot our own horn, but with the shit that we do is disrupting media on all platforms. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and so I just wanted to bring that up. Listen, Ryan, man. Anything else you say you want to say, man? Man. Get at Ryan, me. Ryan is so easy right now. Just get at who, who me. Who designed your fronts, man? Oh man, uh, my, my homies in in in, uh, in Brooklyn, Catmasters. Okay, Catmasters. Yeah. Ryan That's, just slipped. Ryan, when when Ryan got real comfortable, he slipped in the bottom fronts in the whole knot. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, sir, man. Thank you for coming to the Combat Jack Show. Thank um, you. I think this is a great journey that you share with the audience. Thank you all. Um, anytime you want to push something, anytime you want to disrupt. Mm-hmm. Or anytime you just want to fuck around, man, come through. Yeah, All we right? will. We nah, will. Please. I gotta come back when the when the MZRT album because there are gonna be some surprises on there. When, when, when is that coming out? I'm gonna perform it at the castle. At the castle. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 <laughs> that's gonna be the for world the first premiere time? for yeah, the first world, time. World premiere. Okay, yeah, we need yeah. you to do one close next time, like in Staten Island or something. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, don't don't no, fuck around with Cottonville. Man, no, don't fuck around back. with no castles. Yeah, in Staten Island, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to go out to Zurich or what? What castle? Where's the castle? Vienna. Vienna. Come on, yeah. you well, maybe you could bring us out there. I mean, no, he's not. He said buy the tickets. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll put. Listen. Listen. He'll put I, you on the I, list. I, I'll put you on the list. So you gotta get your own. Plane you gotta get your own plane ticket until I have a. Until I have a. Until I'm Richard Branson. You know, there you I, go. Until I got my own airline, you there can you get go. the ticket from me. There you go. Internet. There you go, man. Ryan Leslie in the building. MZRT Black Mozart. Yeah. Most definitely. What's up, Pete? Another episode, yep. and I will say this. Um, I, I respect and admire anybody who refuses to be put in a pigeonhole. Um, you know, you're just doing multiple things and just showing that why you're a chameleon. So I salute to you and blessings, man. Thank you. Yo, so- Ryan, man, I remember this meeting we had, and this is when I really had some concerns about you, man. <laughs> you know, I was managing editor at The Source a couple of years ago, and you came to the office with Ed Woods. Yeah. And you were talking about how you're about to embark on this rap career. And we were like, okay, we get it. You know, we could put you in here. And then you're like, no, I want the cover. You're like, the cover of what? You're like, I want the cover of the Source magazine. I was like, Ryan, Ed Woods. And Ed started all that talking. Yeah. I was like, yo, Ed, shut the fuck up for a second. This is the Source magazine. Yeah. We put rappers on the cover. Yeah. When you left, niggas thought you was crazy, B. Yeah. Yeah. How the fuck do you get the boss to come up to us? <laughs> And ask us for the cover of a rap magazine. Man, uh, I guess I guess um, I guess it's about like a self fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I, I just felt like, man, you know, I'm going to create a body of work um, 
that I was just beginning. It might be it might be ten albums worth. Right. It might be eleven albums worth. It might be twelve albums worth. And I wanted to. I, I wanted one publication to say, "Yo, we saw this at the beginning." But, but you weren't good enough with us giving you a feature in the magazine. Man, I, you like know. you walked, you got up, and you left the meeting. You and Ed was like, "Thank you <laughs> for not giving us the cover. I'll keep you posted." In yeah, a Brian Leslie kind of way. Yeah, I see you later. Bless. What'd you offer him? Two pages. No, that we were just gonna yeah. get, put him like a feature, like yeah, you yeah. know, like Ryan Leslie starts, you know, what I'm saying yeah. like an article. Actually, in hindsight, in hindsight, that that might that probably would have been dope. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Did Edwards put you up to that, or did you no, put him up? to I that? I had him, and okay. was like, yo, and he he looked at me crazy too. Right, he looked at me crazy too. But that's really what that is. Is just hopefully that's inspiration. Just go for the gusto. You know what's crazy? Um, I don't know if I watched. I I, I watched it, you know, whether Steve Jobs or somebody, he said, look, you know, a lot of the a lot of the accomplishments or the relationships or the excuse me, milestones that I've achieved in life is simply because I'm not afraid to ask. Mm. And sometimes people won't say no. You know what I mean? I'm not afraid to ask. And so for me, if you you know, if you feel like it's something that you deserve Ask for it. Yeah. And that's for everything. If you feel like you deserve, you know, a girl should go on a date with you, go go ask her. Go ask if you her. feel like you deserve an internship or a job, go ask for it. If you feel like you deserve, you know, first class on a plane, you never know. You can go ask you're her. Right, you're right. My my intern, um, uh, his name's Dev Dooley, he's a he's a filmmaker. He had never flown before. Okay? Never flown before. From where? His first from where? He's from uh he's from Jersey. Okay. Okay? And he he's he's working uh, as part of my team as a filmmaker. He never flown before. Took him, he got his his passport. He's like, "Yo, this is my first flight." It was international flight to Amsterdam. Mm. And his first flight, he didn't have a first class ticket, but his first flight, he had a first class international plane ticket to Amsterdam. You know, at first I was like, man, you sit in the wrong seat. But what had happened is we got to the airline a little bit too late. They had given up, I guess the flight was oversold. They gave him his, gave his seat away and we need, we were there, we showed up and he got a first class ticket international. And that's actually, I believe that good fortune is something that you can attract. And it's crazy because, um, I've been responsible for a lot of people's first first class flight experience and there's a lot of people who've flown many times and never flown never flown first class before you so, know what i mean so when you're writing a book man when i'm writing a book you gotta write oh, that man. book man listen man about energy and yeah the, the black listen, man. listen man the records that i write that you know that they're, they're looking to everything that i'm doing you know there's a lot of I'm, I'm about to um i was just over at the rap genius offices and i'm about to um decode or annotate the 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 lyrics for um my new single produced by Wonder Girl is called nice. Nunu. And people say, you know, this, you know, one of the feedbacks, or someone I actually really respect, they gave some feedback, said, does he really mean that? Does he, does he mean the gold front? Does he mean the, the gold chains and the, I mean, the Versace shirt? I mean, does he mean that? And I mean every single word. Hey, you're not being ironic. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I mean every single word. I mean every single right. word. I mean every single word. I mean every move that I make. Like I said, you even said we were off. We had the break. Yo, Ryan, this is I think this this is one of the most passionate interviews I've ever heard. I got something to really talk about. When I was doing interviews about my R and B album, the, the the details were too personal. They right. weren't for public consumption. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? As long as it worked, I mean, if, if I could, you know, if you listen to that first, if you listen to Ryan Leslie album and you listen to the song I R I N A Irina, and 
you know, you hear the backstory because she was Russian and had to translate the lyrics. So when she listened to it for the first time, she could read the text in her native language. I mean, that was those were the lengths at, to which I was going to make sure people understood what I had to say. But I had a different audience then. Now mm. the audience and platform is everyone who's listening. Mm. You know what I mean? Back then, the audience and platform was whatever, whosoever's heart I was trying to win over. Right, right, right. And I may have won over many hearts in the process, right? right. right? Which is why people passionate, oh, why does he sing anymore you know but what i'm saying is is I, there's a different i i you know I'm, I'm i have been i have now a different megaphone so that's why i had the the guts and the and the church spot if you will to come in to the source and say yo let me get the um i get it let me get the cover i get you it you know what i mean i get it who you know and i i don't know i don't know I, I was trying to try to figure out who was on the cover you gave me some you gave me some Response like, hey, we put an actor on the cover and we got a bit, a lot of backlash or whatever. Yeah, we had Idris, uh, Idris, Elba. Yeah. Idris Elba on the cover. They should have put you on there. And that's what I'm saying. I was saying, like, yo, man. Yeah, you, you would have made it. I said, you survived the backlash. Yeah, yeah, you that's true. You survived it. And, and you know but, what? But it was too soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was too soon for another yeah. backlash, my dude. But we're going to see, though. Okay. We, we really will see. And um, to me, it's not even about. Well, rap, I'm not at the source anymore, man. Yeah, so no, no, no. I'm sure right now they're I, looking yeah, no, I, for anybody saying, on the cover. I'm yeah, not yeah, saying no, that you're no, anybody. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, and I've had meetings with, um, you know, uh, and I don't know if she's still there anymore, Kim? No, she's not okay, there Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I had talks I with her, too. There, but, yeah, but I say this, man. Um, You know, the work has to speak for itself. Yes. And, uh, and maybe the raps are over people's heads. Maybe they don't relate. Maybe they feel like they're just luxury raps. Maybe they just feel like, you know, I don't relate. Maybe I, you know, I can't, hey, I, I didn't grow up like him. I didn't go to Harvard like him. I don't, I'm not an entrepreneur like him. I'm not invested in stocks like him. I'm, I don't, I don't know what countries are tax havens. I don't understand Swiss bank accounts. I don't, you know. But this, I'm. This is my life. That's what I'm rapping about. That's what you just. What you supposed you to? You know write what? About. I'd rather you rap, rap about your life than something that's not about your life, man. Yeah, man. Castle life. Castle life. <laughs> Fuck with it, internet. <laughs> Fuck with it. Castle raps. Internets, you know what it is, man. Dream those dreams and then man up and live those dreams. Because a life without dreams is black and white, and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Blau. Black Mozart. This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Menna, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Networks production.